Hello and welcome to the Weekend Spread, the college football playoff show, live reaction. We've got Bowden Blake here as he awaits him and his Horn Frogs fate in the college football playoff. Blake, tough loss yesterday. Talk to us a little bit about how that uh, went down. Yeah, it's... It's one of it's probably the toughest loss I've had to deal with just because of it's very similar I would say to TCU's run last year in the NCAA tournament where by all accounts if you look at it from a thousand feet view TCU way way overperformed this year they were fantastic uh, twelve and one was something that none of us saw coming I think I said seven and five at the best so if you view it through that lens like yesterday even though it was a really tough loss in OT really close. It at least like we had a great season, but I just can't see it that way. I see it kind of how we uh, did last year with the tournament, where yes, winning, getting to the round of 32, almost beating Arizona, like that is a really good result for that team. But we had a chance to win that game in both of those, and like that's something that will just never, I'll never be able to forget. It's something I think I've tried to try to figure out ways around it, but it really sucks. Like yesterday, really sucked that. We went 12-0, and won the Big 12 regular season title, and then lost in the actual championship game versus a good K-State team, but there was some bad play calling at the end. I didn't see the Kendra Miller review till after the game, and I had actually come to terms with just, we lost because of bad play calling, but then, of course, social media hyping me up again to get on the Big 12 refs, but I've come back down a little bit from that. I think it could have been a touchdown. Doesn't mean we would have won that game, but I would have rather had the shot than, uh, than lose on a, a game-winning field goal, so I just don't think I'll ever get over this loss, but yeah. I, I feel bad for the boys. Right. I feel bad we for the need team. more emotion, Blake. This is too much it's, sin. <laughs> it's we sad. waited too it's long just, to go. It's so sad just because it's like I watched the post-game uh, press conference with Max Duggan, and he's just in tears wanting to bring home a trophy like to Fort Worth, and I feel that. It's just like I feel it, it just like – I don't know what emotions to give because it's not really anger because I'm like, I'm a, I was a little angry at Sonny Dykes, but also Sonny Dykes has won us a lot of games this year and I can't be angry at Max. Max had the best game probably of like of anybody in the conference championship games just by putting the team on his back. 95 yard drive to tie the game with 95 rushing yards. Like that man really, really turned it on yesterday, but yeah, like, I I just don't know what other emotions to give besides despair. It sucked. Like, yesterday felt like you, my heart got ripped out of my chest just because you start hyping yourself up, you think you can actually win the game, and then once you don't get it on fourth and one, you know exactly what's going to happen. You hope, maybe a little bit in the back of your mind, that they're going to shank the field goal, but it, it's just, yeah. I don't, I don't know what else, what other emotions to give. Anger, like, if, if you want to see angry... The CFP committee can determine that because <laughs> I think there is one clear there's it's clear as day this year for like the first time in a long time should be Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, an easy four. And if it's anything different than that, then you're going to see my blood boil. And then you're going to see my blood boil even more if somehow Alabama slips in for TCU. But that feels like one of those arguments that everybody on social media is, like, trying to be like, yeah, like, TCU should get over Alabama. Like, people are saying this. Like, nobody was saying Alabama should get over TCU. Like, nobody no, on social nobody. media. But everybody was using it as the straw man yesterday. Like, it would be ridiculous if the committee did that. I'm like, nobody was advocating for this ever. But 
that if we want to see anger, there could be some anger today, depending on how the committee uh, decides to see this bad boy. Yeah, Blake, so I got to say something really quick. We got yeah. a lot of people in the chat. Just want to let you know what we got going on here. We got ESPN stream going uh, on the side, and we'll be reacting to that. Blake over here is the resident TCU fan of the group, and uh, right now they're just kind of doing their pre rankings bs talking around so we'll continue to just kind of chat around ask him about his stuff um and all that i'm sorry ty go go for no. it just had to let everyone let the viewers know what was going on uh we will get to the rankings whatever espn you know gives them to us absolutely and i i am posing this question to blake because it's been something that i've sort of talked about throughout the season and i see some of our commenters commenting basically the same idea. Blake, how do you feel about, and this is sort of open-ended, you know, just opine on this, uh, if you will, but how do you feel about the fact that obviously we turn the clock back to 2014 and the Big 12 is doing their everyone plays everyone, one true champion round robin thing. And that is ultimately pointed at as probably the big thing that kept TCU out of the playoff was not having a conference championship game. Now TCU in striking distance of the playoffs again, we'll see here in a little bit. Uh, and potentially, you know, now their resume is being knocked by this playoff game. And, and you see it in the comments, too. People are asking, why why do we have this conference championship game? You know, because now it was it was never in doubt that TCU was going to make the playoffs. And I don't think it is. But now, you know, there is some doubt with this conference championship game dinging TCU's resume a little bit. How do you feel about the way that the Big 12 is, is choosing their champions right now? Yeah, like, the conference championship to first, it shouldn't have existed ever. Like, the whole, the great thing about the Big 12 has been it's a round-robin format that you get to play every single team every single year, and, like, I know they came out with a moniker that year, the one true champion, they're passing out the shirts on campus, stuff like that. That sometimes doesn't happen in a round robin. It sometimes is going to have to lead to a tie, which is kind of up to the Big 12 to be like, yeah, like, there's not going to be one true champion, but... Like, the conference, but we had to implement it just because they cited TCU and Baylor getting left out was the 13th data point. You had to keep the 13th data point, and that's the only way you can make the playoff, basically. So we added it, and now we have a weird situation where it's like, okay, TCU's 12-1, and won the regular season, beat K-State. K-State beat them on a neutral field. K-State is the Big 12 champion. Like, they won the game, like, the championship game, how it is. But how does that make sense in a round-robin format? Like, how does, like, how does that make sense at all? And so, I don't think TCU should get dinged for it. I think it's one of those things. It's hard to strike a balance in the playoff era just because, like, you have a TCU, a USC they went and played a 13th game against a ranked team, good quality opponents, lost, both of them. But it's like, I don't feel, I guess, as sorry for USC just because they have two losses, but it does suck for them. It does. Like, if they would have sat on their couch last week and Ohio State sat on their couch, USC would be in. So it's, like, hard for me to come to terms with the fact that the college football playoff on one hand is, like, 13th data point really matters, but then you can also get dinged for it. So, if anything, you should just always sit at the back at the five spot just waiting for somebody in the one through four to lose because they're probably playing the games and jump them, which doesn't really make sense to me. Ohio State's a good team. I know they have great talent. I understand why people think they deserve it, but it really does suck. Like, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything yesterday. They had their chance to make the playoff, and they lost at home by double digits to their rival. Like, at home, they had the game. Not a neutral site game. So, yes, 
the committee has put an emphasis on the 13th data point, but also at the same time, they're punishing people for constantly taking that game. Like, rarely do you see the situation where somebody's moving up because they won that 13th game. Right. And it, it's, it, it's like they added it for only the situation um, that would have happened in 2014, where TCU and Baylor, you know, pretty much shared the title. And uh, in 2018, where it's like OU needs to beat Texas to avenge their loss. And I think it's just kind of kind of silly, kind of useless. Um, it, it gets in the way, especially with a round robin. But, you know, here's one thing, Blake. We won't have to deal with this issue ever again uh, with the Big 12 because of expansion. Next year, there'll be 14 teams. And then when OU and Texas leave, um, there'll be, you know, a proper 12 again. So it's, it, it's an issue that's about to resolve itself. And it would be kind of hilarious if TCU got, got screwed on the last year that they possibly could get screwed oh, on something like hilarious. this. Hilarious. I hope, hopefully that makes his blood boil just a little bit. We need some boiling blood. I, like, what do you, like, Jameson wants me coming in here firing shots, but, like, I don't know, like, there, So I, I do. Go ahead, Ty, I, I go do, ahead. yeah, so, and this is, because Jameson's doing a bad job at his job of, of getting you stirred up, and, and I, I want to preface this by saying, I'm not just saying this to get you stirred up, but, you know, in, in your defense, maybe you want to get ahead of this talking point, but if I'm looking at a situation where I'm comparing, and I realize both these teams are probably in, but if, if I'm looking at a situation where I'm comparing, say, Ohio State and TCU, I don't necessarily know that you can say TCU is a, a better team looking at their record because Ohio State's loss is to a team that's undefeated conference champs and in the playoff. So it's there There certainly are some some talking points there. There are, and like the main reason why I don't think Ohio State should even remotely jump TCU is like if you look at it, the top 25 wins, TCU has almost doubled the top 25 wins. I understand the quality of loss argument, but it's like TCU didn't lose to some poverty team. They lost to a top 10 K-State team on a neutral site in overtime, which like a questionable, like even questionable at that, like it's as close as you could get it. And Ohio State had every opportunity. Like when you get an opportunity at home to put your rival away in and go to the college football playoff, they didn't do that. They had every circumstance built around them in order to make it to the playoff, and they didn't pull through. And I understand why people are so, like, are so gung-ho about putting Ohio State in, or maybe even Ohio State in front of TCU, just because they see that talent. They see, uh, they, they, they see the NFL talent that is on that squad, but you have to be able to balance, uh, what, who you think is good and who is deserving. And and I think TCU kind of strikes that balance between the two. Like, I think Ohio State, like, yes, if they played on a neutral site, Ohio State is going to be favored. But we've seen countless times and times again this year, TCU has been an underdog at points, has been, uh, like, doubted and still gone on to win games. Like, that's why we play the sport. That's why Vegas doesn't determine the results and how, like, who wins the national championship just based on who they think is better. you got to play the games on the field. And I think TCU did that a little bit more this year, beating more top 25 teams than Ohio State, who frankly sat on their ass this past weekend, didn't do anything, and is going to get a spot in the college football playoff. So I think taking that chance at that 13th data point, you you have to take that significantly less than something like Ohio State when they have the opportunity to control their own destiny and just blew it at home. Right. And, you know, not only that, but you know, I, I I get the whole, oh, Michigan's really good. They are really good. But, you know, that is 
very legitimately a bad loss for Ohio State. Um, and then, like you said, TCU, they lost in overtime. That was just that close. Um, that's certainly not enough, uh, in my mind, for Ohio State to jump them. And I don't think it's absolutely in in any way a chance for a team like Alabama or, as ESPN is showing right now, Tennessee to jump them. Uh, because, look, even though Alabama lost two, t- two close games, Two is more than one, as as far as I know. I, I, I was pretty bad at math, but that's uh, intro to logic at OU taught me that. So, But don't you I'm worry, Bobby. They, they got Marty Smith on, on grounds in Tuscaloosa just in case. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> how about Nick Saban going on... How about Nick Saban going on uh, Fox and campa- uh, campaigning last night? I don't know if you saw that. What, like. what do you, what do you suppose? Like, what do you want him to do? Like, of course he's going to campaign. Like, people are going to say, like, how dare he go out there and try to make their case? He's the head football coach of Alabama. He wants to play in the playoffs. Like, like, of course he's going to make an argument. You want him to just sit down and get in the fetal position and say they don't yes. deserve it? Yes, I do want that. Well, yeah, I, I, I would hilarious. like that. Yes. Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I would like this... that. But what do you think he's going to do? Yeah, yeah true. it's. It is one of those things, like, Bama has, it's ESPN just trying to drum up a little bit of drama, but Bama has no reason to be anywhere close to the playoff, especially when TCU and Bama, for, like, the first time and probably forever, have a common opponent who TCU beat harder, like, in the same situation with Texas's starting quarterback. So, we literally have a shared data point where we can show that TCU played Texas better than Alabama did. It's just, like, ESPN loves just being able to have somebody in the back to, like, to drum up the drama well i think the laziest point that people are making is like oh tcu didn't even beat texas that bad that's just someone who didn't watch the game tcu had that game fully in control and to and uh completely shut uh ut's offense out of the end zone yeah, the only reason the they scored was, score was the defense yeah. it was a stupid <laughs> score like in garbage garbage time, time. yeah no so, one has ever played texas like that either this whole year it's an extremely unique data point for tcu and their and their win against texas texas offense was never looked like that for the rest of the season yeah they finished pretty strong i would say you know like that texas team had weapons they just sometimes didn't kind of break them out um but this isn't about texas they're nowhere near the playoff so here's um, here's a yeah, question. Let's not talk about Texas on this for too much longer. <laughs> here's a here's a question, and it, we, we you keep hearing us bring it up the the data point discussion, and I'm seeing it a little bit in our live comments, uh, which keep those coming in. We really appreciate those. But uh, people are talking about the the data points, the common opponents, but then also who you want to face. And I think this is almost silly to ask as a question because I think we're all in agreement here, but. How much, and I'm posing this primarily to Blake, but to anyone and then our commenters as well, how much do you think the playoff committee, when they're looking at the top four, is actually ranking these teams what they think is one, two, three, four? Or how much do you think it is, we've determined that these are the four going to the playoff, now let's stack them based on who we want to see as a matchup. Do you think it's a true one through four, we think these are the one, two, three, four best teams? Or do you think it's a, a matchmaking scenario where they've just chosen their four and then they're manipulating the numbers to prevent, say, a first round Ohio State Michigan rematch? Yeah, like I think it's probably the latter. It's not a true one through four who they think are the best four teams. It's more one through four and who can we present a like a somewhat or a somewhat logical case to slot them in that slot. So, like, an example would be, like, say if they really wanted that Ohio State-Michigan rematch come in the Fiesta Bowl, they would be like, well, 
Ohio State, like, they, like, have all this talent, are so good, like, TCU had a chance to win in the conference finals, they lost, like, they're pretty reactionary week to week, and I know one of our friends brought it up of, like, where they slot people, and, like, they can do that. I feel like this year it's not as good of an argument, like, I feel like the top four is pretty logical this year of how it should uh, fall in place, but, like, we saw it kind of in 2014, it's like, TCU was three going into the final rankings, and then they plummeted them to the bottom, and, like, they just bring out kind of the 13th data point reason, it's like, they have, you can, there's so many stats out there in college football, and so many different ways to look at how results happened on the field, that you can come up with I think are wacky, but some people can think are logical cases of why teams should be slotted in certain positions, and I think the college football playoff committee is very aware of that and uses some of those cases sometimes to kind of fudge the field in order to get either favorable matchups or, in the case of like the SEC as we've seen in the past, to avoid matchups that we just recently saw. And so they, it's kind of lazy for them. They wait till kind of the final week to then make all this magic happen, like even though we've known all the numbers this entire time but i do think it's like they try to use statistics in a very favorable way in order to get them how they kind of want them yeah and and i well, said it in the comments um do you really want to put michigan versus ohio state as the semi game it just feels like it's too soon of a rematch but we've seen these epic rematches happen in the college football playoff final. So if you are a committee and you're thinking biased in your head, because they do, they do, obviously in the back of their head, they're thinking we are the brand. We have to make it look good. Um, they don't want to put TCU um, at four and have Michigan, Ohio state two versus three and have that game legitimately Ohio state's back-to-back -back games be first Michigan. They'd want that chance to be played in the playoff in the final, whenever they could really advertise that game make it this epic rematch ohio state overcame adversity and won as the four seed versus georgia and now they're fi fighting against uh michigan again and to see if they can win a national championship that just makes more sense as a biased committee member right and well, it looks like the selection is about to come up they just kind of pulled up a list of uh like the schedule it looks like they're talking to boo corrigan in about 10 minutes so i'm guessing we're about to get the reveal soon. Thank you all for sticking with us. The SPN, you know, we, we don't control this. They're pulling our chain here. You never know when they're going to drop it, if they're going to put in a bunch of filler or if they're going to go just straight from the hip at, you know, at 11 o'clock. So we appreciate y'all hanging out, getting the TCU fan perspective on this one with uh, with uh, our pal Boaton Blake. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. The easy payouts, the same game parlays, player props. You know how much I love my player props. All of them just so great. Easiest sports book to use by far. And it's getting even better. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sports app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more you legs you add, the bigger the boost and the bigger your shot to win big. Look, with rivalry week going on in college football, big Thanksgiving Day games, it is just the perfect time to dive into 
your favorite sporting event. I've been loving it. Hell, put a little bit on the World Cup. It's great. This is the best time to be betting. I am loving it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Now, back to the Schooner Pod. Yeah, Blake, I, I gotta ask. Oh, oh, no, go ahead, Ty. You got it. Oh, I was gonna say, I have a quick talk. Here it is, point. here it is, here it is, guys. Here it is. Ty, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. We we will let Blake react. It's going yeah, one through four. Pop in the Blake. comments. Hey, one through four. So we got, we got Georgia's number one. Obviously expected. Won the SEC championship. That should be, we should know one yeah. and two. That is, that is easy. That is yeah, easy. Georgia's a no brainer. So yeah, they, they've just been head, head and head and head and shoulders above the rest of college football this year. They're the definite contender. Number one in my book. Oh, I can't breathe. I cannot breathe. I'm going to be, I, I will say I will be livid if I see TCU as four. Did it's... anyone see Lad McConkey's injury? Cause I saw he on the bottom ticker. He had a leg injury. Oh, I did not. I yeah, I didn't notice Slide McConkey if, got if hurt. I saw I'll, I'll look at I'll look if it's serious. Okay, number two is Michigan. Game. Yeah, there's Michigan. number two Michigan. So right now it's looking like Georgia in the Peach Bowl, Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Three is uh, gonna deter, uh, determine essentially who plays uh, the Wolverines in the desert. So big, big selection coming up. Here you yeah, go, Blake. Let's go. Let's go, Bama. Here it is. Does Blake have to rebook his flight? I know. Already booked a flight to Arizona. That would really suck, considering all the flights to Atlanta are basically sold out now. So <laughs> it, it, it would is. be a world of pain. Come on. Come on. That drive like, oh. to Atlanta is just not the thing. I am like, my it. heart. Yesterday, I got multiple <laughs> notifications on my Apple Watch. It's like, your heart beats over 120 beats per minute when you're sitting down. What's going on? I'm like, Apple, read the room. I'm at Jerry's World. You know what I'm doing right now. I know you're watching me from every camera. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here, and that's why I'm nervous. Oh, Jesus. Are they going to like start from like six now? Reveal it. Oh, Come on. Give us Come that on. three. Oh my god. Man, they are milking. And we this don't have the so audio, hard. so I don't know what they're doing. If they're yeah. gonna go to commercial break. Like I see the at least the little X's around it moving, so I know oh, I didn't. Oh, there we go. Plus. Wait, where it Yes! <laughs> yes! TCU three. TCU3. Yes! End of the playoff, redeemed second team in Big 12 history to join the college football playoff. Welcome to the club, Blake. Thank you, thank you. Wow, this is uh, honestly a super or i think michigan's really good like we saw it against purdue yesterday they went out and just lit them up we kind of alluded to that on the weekend spread like even blake corum not being there like they were going to pound them but yes as a tcu fan i would rather take blake corumless michigan and try my luck there than the defending national championship in Georgia, who's just yeah. been like pumping teams. Their defense is like impossible to move on at points. And I know TC would probably be one of the better def or offenses that they've seen uh, this year for Georgia, but I'm too scared. Like, I'm too scared of them. Like, I expect, like, if we're going initial reactions, I expect Michigan to probably win this game. Like, Michigan we'll get has to a better time. We'll, we'll get real deep in the, on the FBS okay. here in a bit, but let's see who gets four. Is it Ohio State? Or is it Alabama? 
It's got to be the Buckeyes, right? No, it has to be. Way. If it's Alabama, it would, would it would be hilarious. I would. <laughs> it would be just that Blake off even more. The ESPN conspiracy. <laughs> 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 Marty Smith boots on the ground just in case. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Is, but you everyone in know, the comments, you... by the way, we'll get to y'all in a moment. We just want to be synced for the initial reaction. Um, but what? Yeah, no boots on the ground, Marty Smith. <laughs> And you know ESPN hates this. They see two properties that are going to be Fox, going to be NBC, going to be, I believe, CBS as well in the Big Ten, going to the <laughs> college football playoff. You know you know, ESPN was calling the playoff committee this uh, this morning and being like, you got to do something. Like, this can't be bad. And there it is. Ohio State moves up into the four slot. Whether you agree with that or not, they move up to four. I'm curious to see who five and six is, just to see how much they ding USC, which was a really bad loss. But at least they went there. It's Utah just kind of has USC's number. So I'm curious to see if they put them at five or at six. I believe they should be five. They've I been do. they've been good about like situational awareness. Obviously, their defense really let them down. We can talk about USC's tackling for days. But, you know, not having their star player is an absolute gut punch in that second half. So they have used that as like, I, I understand this was a bad loss, but then Caleb Williams did get hurt. They have given grace to those kind of teams in the past. Correct. Yeah. Well, but I mean, well, I, yeah. I could still see Alabama at five and USC at six. I mean, USC is playing in the Cotton Bowl either way. They're playing Tulane, which is going to be a blast of a game. A Tulane, a physical team that gave Lincoln Riley trouble last year in Norman. And then you have to go against them again and just see what happens. I, I mean, that's going to be a really fun game for me to watch personally. I really wanted to see USC's tackling versus Deuce Vaughn. I know there was no possible way that could happen. There's oh, Alabama, Alabama at five. And Tennessee. Jesus. And, and Tennessee. Tennessee. Oh, I disagree. Oh, 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 oh I disagree. Oh, oh, oh. What the, the heck? Yeah. Holy crap. I know it doesn't really matter, but Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, oh God. Oh. oh, my God. How? Oh my lord, how? Who is who is on the committee this year? Is is this a biased committee? Well, every committee is biased. Are you kidding me? You bring in yeah, extremely yeah. high representatives and sometimes like senators, I guess, to be on this. Why not? For some reason. How okay, I could maybe understand Bama at five. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't understand Tennessee above above uh USC, which we've already seen the college football playoff last week, ding Tennessee for losing Hinton Hooker for the year. That's why they rank Alabama over a team that they lost to. But now Tennessee is somehow better than USC. I don't get that. I don't get that logic. And I know it doesn't matter, but like it should matter that these are the decision makers that decide our season and they are making dumb decisions like this. USC had like, a bad loss, but South Carolina just put up I know. three versus well, Tennessee. Like what? Where do you think South Carolina would be in the Pac-12, though, if if they made that run? I don't not like, very high. like they really? are so inconsistent. Yeah. They are so bad. Like, but so South with Carolina like so it's, that's the same case with like every every Pac-12 team. UCLA, Oregon, you know. Yeah, like they could have been at the top, but like they could have easily lost to Utah. Like they could South have easily Carolina lost to Oregon. Like the top well, of the Pac-12. Yeah, the nice let's just stop that real pack. quick. Yeah, that's the thing that's nice about the Pac-12, though, is then you can just beat up on, like, Cal and Stanford and all those other garbage teams. And then, you know, basically it's a toss-up against the rest of the Pac-12. 
And I do feel bad for USC in this sense, which is words I never thought I would say, but Utah is just like kind of the exact opposite team of them, which is a problematic, especially with speed defense. Like we just saw Cam Rising, King K just really bully them. Like they couldn't tackle them to save their lives. And it's just because they are a super physical team. Like they're the most physical, they're the most physical team <laughs> in the Pac-12 USC going to the Big Ten is going to be danger, considering what we saw. Like, Utah is kind of the most Big Ten Pac-12 team and just bullied them around. But I feel bad. Like, that's obviously their team that they can't beat. They lose to them twice and now are getting dinged for it because these other teams, Bama, Tennessee, lost twice. And, like, really, besides Tennessee had an impressive season, but Alabama really didn't look that good this year. I don't know. I don't. I disagree with the committee here. I mean, Alabama's two losses were on the last play of the game in overtime yeah. to LSU and that is you know, Tennessee. It's kind of like we're we're really judging Alabama versus the previous Alabama teams, which may or may not be fair because they're still a good football team. They still played a really tough schedule, played pretty well. They just aren't as dominant as they haven't been in the past. I just, yeah, in uh, that's the thing. I'm just so baffled by the fact that they deemed Tennessee for losing Hendon Hooker and now are improving them. I just don't get that logic how Tennessee dropped in the rankings last week behind Bama and now is going ahead of uh, USC, another two loss team. And kind of the presumption was Tennessee dropped so low was because they lost their quarterback for the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Well, let's, let's get into some of the matchups we have here. So um, obviously I think these are two great matchups. I'm excited for both of them. Um, no, let's, start, let's start out. Let's start out with Georgia and Ohio Phoenix, state Phoenix over Atlanta. No, game. let's start with TCU, the games let's start with the TCU Michigan, because I just saw yeah. action networks post. I got sent one of our group texts, nine and a half point spread, Blake TCU, yeah. Michigan, like taking that. nine and a half. I'm taking, I am taking that a hundred percent. We've only yeah. seen we've seen Michigan Blake Horamless once, and it was versus Purdue, who which we highlighted on the weekend spread doesn't really have that good of a defense. They can't stop the run. They can't do anything. Like yes, we also did highlight Michigan has a serviceable a serviceable backup, and it looks like uh, JJ McCarthy has really taken kind of the next step as a thrower. We saw it against Ohio State, finally launching some deep bombs, which is concerning, but. I think nine and a half is too many points. Like TCU's defense has played, I think, excellent at the end of the year. Like yesterday versus K-State, Deuce Vaughn, a really hard, like I would say he's up there with Blake Corum as one of the top running backs in America. Yes, he they did some funky stuff where they were throwing him out in the slot and stuff to give him some space, getting some catching yards and stuff. But TCU was able to limit the damage that could have been deuce vaughn running all over us yesterday and so i feel comfortable with uh tcu's run defense uh to keep them in check and just kind of put the game in jj mccarthy's hands which they have the talent they can beat us but nine and a half points i just think vegas has been wrong about this tcu team most of the year and the numbers still just haven't caught up yeah another question like with Max Duggan, he really looked like he was beat up. Was this just more of like he had just taken the brunt of the defense of Kansas State over and over and had all those cuts over his body? Or are you like concerned with like any of his long-term play? Like, is he going to be 100% you think coming into the CFP? 
I think so. There was nothing to, uh, like, he was probably dinged up a little bit yesterday, but nothing to say, like, long-term injury, won't be able to play. Like, I guess the best thing for us, we have a month to get some of these guys healthy, uh, QJ to get a little bit more uh, rest, Darius he Davis. still oh, isn't there. I yeah. know. Lane Johnson they, has to go out every single time he does a deep ball. Like, he runs a nine route, and then, he, and then he takes a break. And it'll be third down, you know, like they just ran the deep ball on second down. Third down, you're taking out your best player. Like what? And that's what's that's concerning because like what I saw yesterday is he can only go long. He can't cut on his ankle right now. Like he can't do any of like when Quentin Johnson was most effective for us this season was like yes he is a good deep threat, but him cutting cutting across the middle on a slant to go for like twenty twenty five yards like his unique combination of speed size everything is what makes him an elite receiver. And yesterday we saw. He can't really put much on his legs. He can't do much cutting. All he could really do is rely on that straight line speed. And so I think, like, that month is going to really help him get back. I think Darius Davis really needs to get back. I know he's doing kickoffs, wasn't doing punts, but we really haven't seen him being able to get back in kind of like the wide receiver sweep game or some of those. He had a few clutch catches and stuff like that. But I think this time, this rest will be really good for TCU. I think... It, it would have scared me a lot more with this rest versus Georgia, just because I'm always scared of those SEC, those, or it's not the SEC, it's just Georgia and Alabama. I'm well, TCU, about them, but... TCU had like a okay. super early bye week, didn't they? Oh my God, yes. It's third week. We always get it each year. It doesn't make sense. We play like two games and play like, get like a, the, so we haven't, like, we haven't had a bye week. We've had a rough stretch of games. We had Kansas, or we had Kansas, kind of a bye week versus Iowa State, uh, or so Kansas State, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas, and then that's like, that was our November, basically. So a rough, kind of rough month. It'll be good to rest up. I'd be a little bit more worried if it was, Kirby Smart that had a month to game plan against us. I am a little bit worried about Jim Harbaugh, but I don't think Jim Harbaugh poses the same threat as Kirby Smart or Georgia or even kind of Ohio State or Ryan Day. Like, I think even though Michigan beat them, I'm a little... Ohio State's kind of that Texas... Like, Texas was super elite talent. It's like, if they put it together, they can really run up the score on you. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think this is going to be a really interesting matchup. Obviously... Wolverines didn't look great against Purdue, but, you know, who knows how hard they kind of went against them, how much they wanted to show against him. Um, this Michigan team's that damn good. That second half was night and day, too. That first yeah. half was obviously they came out and they were not ready. Yeah, it's it's a Michigan team that, you know, has has been pretty dang good this season. Um, they've had their moments of greatness, and then sometimes they'll just kind of look bad against lower-tier competition. It's a winnable game for TCU, I think, some of the people I, I talk with that uh, are pretty big into Michigan, I think might be overlooking the frogs a bit. I think you, it seemed like universally they all wanted, they all would rather play TCU than like, uh, let's say USC. They wanted to, they didn't want to play USC at all, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I think the frogs are scrappy. I think they're tough. I think they're a very mentally tough team that really doesn't, they never get down on themselves. I, I feel like they've been put in, in so many tough scenarios I think they'll be. I think they'll be. I think they'll be good against us, especially with no quorum. So, I'm excited to see how that how that shakes out for sure. Ty, what are your thoughts on uh, Michigan uh, TCU? Sorry. Yeah, I think it's no. I think it's. I'm I'm very much excited for it because, like you guys talked about, I think there's high potential that Michigan sort of sleeps on this game, like we saw first half against Purdue. Obviously, not to diminish Michigan's accomplishments, their resume, their players, and their coaches. 
They have everything. They they earned their spot to the playoff the hard way. So did TCU. I, I No one in this playoff right now, uh, besides maybe Ohio State, you can make an argument there, um, got in the easy way. And it's, it is going to be a tough matchup regardless. But I, I think TCU just being absolutely forged through the, the schedule that they've had, not to say that their schedule is any tougher, but just the way that it played out for them, playing from behind, you know, fighting from, from the ground and on their back, basically, and, and scrapping to everything. TCU is no stranger to these, these really scrappy games. Obviously, Michigan is, has fought some hard-fought games as well, but I, I don't think that Michigan has faced a team like TCU. I started to make this comparison last night uh, during the the Big 12 championship game when I, I really started to see it. And because we're sort of, I know we have listeners and, and viewers from all over, but uh, I, I, I know we're sort of OU-centric on our main pod and, and on this one as well. But when I see this TCU team, I see like a Baker Mayfield OU team. I mean, I, I made the comparison last night, those last couple drives with Duggan especially, it looked like the ghost of Baker Mayfield took over for him and and he was just out there putting it all out on the line just for the team and for the conference i really loved what i saw from from duggan and it's a shame that tcu when it mattered the most took the ball out of the hands of their most crucial offensive player but i i think that tcu has the scrappiness to uh really have a good showing in this in this first round so i think i really think anything is is possible obviously we can dive into the that that nine line of of the spread and, and how plausible that is, but I I think anything is possible in in this uh, first round with TCU and Michigan. Yeah, like I also got to ask, uh, does this kind of kind of take away the sting a little bit from yesterday? Because it really shows that that game did not matter at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's going to be hard because it's like you wanted at the end of the day like this could happen we could just lose to michigan and it feels wrong that this squad went away with no hardware when it's probably one of the best tcu teams i've seen in my lifetime and so especially when you think of the 2014 the 2010 2011 with andy dalton and stuff like i want this team to have some hardware to really feel like they hit their fullest potential like i'm definitely glad i'm 100% 100% glad we did not move away from the Fiesta Bowl. I was talking to the guys earlier. I had a flight booked to Arizona just because the flights were, like, flying off the shelves come Wednesday. And so I had to choose a location. I chose Arizona. And there were not many flights this morning left to Atlanta. And so I was going to be flying probably some weird spirit hours. And I did not want to <laughs> do that. So uh, I'm, like, I'm just overjoyed. And I'm so happy to have, like, this opportunity. Like, the... I feel so much better about playing Michigan than Georgia. Like, I feel I can I can see a way we can win this game. I do not see a way we could have beaten Georgia. Like, there was no way. So, although, like, I am really sad, I finally have some happiness to at least hedge it with a little bit that I'll get to see my team in a college football playoff game. The As Bobby mentioned, the only other team besides OU from the Big 12 that has gone to a college football playoff game, that's wild. That's wild for a school that... K-State fans and just just in general Big 12 fans like 
they forget TC was only about 8,000, 9,000 kids. Like, it's not, it's not a super huge school. It's really, really tiny. And so they think of this as they're like, oh, nobody supports TCU. Nobody goes to games. Actually, we get great support. We just don't have a lot of people. We don't have bodies. But this year is good for the brand. It's building those t-shirt fans like Ty always talks about uh, and what's important when building a college football brand. So I'm happy. I'm happy for this game. I'm excited for the prospects of going against a Michigan team, which I think we can keep it close with. And I also think we can beat them. So that is a good feeling and will at least soften the blow a little bit of what happened yesterday. Yeah. And also, just to be honest, I kind of think, uh, you know, the Fiesta Bowl, Arizona sounds a little bit more fun than Atlanta. You know, I think that'll be a that'll be a good trip for sure. Yeah, I do. You, you don't you don't get it, like any kind of trophy from going to the playoff. But you get so much free gear and so much free stuff. Well, like, at least you'll have that as kind of a memory for like the players, at least. You get yeah. a plaque. Yeah. And we can hang probably some sort of banner or something in our stadium, like college football playoff participant or something like that. Which kind of like nice. a final Is four a, banner. Yeah, that should be a thing. That's a, that really should. That's be a exactly. Thing, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. Is that the college football system, you know, awards wise, just hasn't really caught up. Basically, like the the system of of all the trophies and everything else is still very much. Uh, you know, the system that, that dated back to the BCS and even the pre-BCS, just bowl era where it was just bowl games. And then, it, you know, the media was picking the the champion. No one has any problem with basketball hanging Final Four banners. Some basketball teams will hang, hang like Sweet 16 banners and stuff. Uh, and I think TCU, like Blake said, just being a, a tiny, tiny school, tiny, tiny market, it's a tremendous accomplishment that they even made it to the the playoff. And I think especially when we expand to a 12-team playoff, this being one of the teams that made it when it was only four, I think is going to be even more special. And I I would not be surprised whatsoever if uh, five, ten years down the line, Final Four or, you know, I, whatever you want to call it, banners or trophies or awards or something else are common within stadiums. Because I think that, uh, especially with, with some teams, once we go to a 12-team playoff, making it to the four-team uh, rounds will be even harder. I, I really do think that because I, I think that we saw with with say Cincinnati last year, uh, maybe it's a little easier as a as a small market team to to really stamp your resume and make it into the four team one if if you get lucky. Yeah, because you have to prove it. You have to prove it in a couple rounds in a twelve team. So I really think I would not be surprised if I think if if you're the first team to do it, like if TCU put on their stadium, made it to the college football playoff or something. They might get some flack. Uh, it might be kind of cringy to be the first people to do it, but uh, I don't think that will be uncommon at all in the future. To be fair, TCU has a logo from every single bowl they've played in on their upper deck. So it's, it's not like they, they don't already celebrate everything. You know, they have a blue bonnet bowl logo uh, <laughs> posted up at Amon G Carter stadium. So I think they're, they're not too worried about that. Yeah, Personally, I, I forgot okay they have if... a Gary Patterson trope. They have a they have a statue for an assistant coach at Texas. So. <laughs> awfully small, an awfully small <laughs> statue. <laughs> like <laughs> too life size, too life size. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And no, I think, and go ahead, Blake. Oh, I think Ty brings up a great point. Like, this is probably for a future podcast episode or some off season content. But 
12-team playoffs is going to be really fun because I think most people uh, who are cynical see it as, oh, the like Alabama's just going to still get there and adds more steps. And, like, yes, we kind of see that in the NCAA tournament. Like, the Final Fours, some of them are surprising, but most of them can be pretty, like, blue blood chalk. But it's like the journey in order to get there can be really fun. It's like you could have a St. Peter's, you could have in this 12-team playoff just some, like, some belt team, maybe upset somebody one year. Like, maybe they get blown out the next round, but that's like a huge mark in their history, a huge mark in their success, and like a really fun moment for them that just because, like, I think people, when they see the 12-team playoff, they're like, oh, like, the same teams are going to win the national championship. Probably, yes, but it's more fun. The process to get there is way more fun, and it includes more teams that are going to remember those moments for a lifetime. Like, you remember those Cinderella stories of March Madness, not because they won the tournament or made the Final Four. You remember them because they won a game or two, and, like, that really means the world to those schools. And so that's what I'm really excited for the 12-team playoff, to kind of see that unfold in college football. For sure. For sure. Well, Jameson, do we want to talk about Ohio, uh, Ohio State and Georgia here a little bit? We've kind of focused yeah, heavy on the, on the frogs and um, the Wolverines, rightfully so. But uh, let's kind of delve in a little bit on this matchup. So um, obviously, Georgia has been the team so far, been steamrolling a lot of teams in college football undefeated, very worthy number one seed. Uh, this was the national championship for some people, I think, uh, before before entering uh, Ohio State Michigan week. What do you think yeah, about this matchup? Too. Yeah, and it, it, it's not insane to think that. So pretty tough test uh, for the dogs to start out. What do you think about this game? I love it because Georgia, we talk about their defense all the time. We've got an absolutely stout defense. And how could it even be better than, you know, all of this with all the stars that they lost last year, but they continue to show us time and time again. But I think going against a really good offense in Ohio State should showcase this Georgia offense to the world even more that's not getting enough respect. Georgia's offense is potent. They put up numbers every single week, seems like. And I feel like we just continue to talk about Georgia's defense. Stetson Bennett said it in his post game the other um, last night. He's like, yeah, we got a lot of good players, and I think I'm a pretty good player at football too. Um, we got to start talking about guys like Kenny McIntosh. Their tight end room in Georgia is just unbelievable. They just push people around on that offensive line and get exactly what they want. And I'm curious to see going against Ohio State team that has a lot of really big time five star defensive line talent as well, like JT Tui Balawo or however you pronounce that. You know, has been really good at Ohio State as well. They've got some talent, so I think this is a perfect first round matchup, and we got to start talking about more Georgia offense. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, our partners at DraftKings have just released their first early lines for this as well. Georgia favored by six and a half uh, to start this out. So a lot of respect for the Buckeyes uh, to open up this matchup. Uh, Ty, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I'm going to take the I, I don't want to I hate the term contrarian. Uh, I'm going to take the the devil's advocate thing here. I I know it was sort of a cold take at the end of the day, after the game, uh, the Michigan-Ohio State game, they call it the game uh, because they are super humble up there in, in the Midwest. <laughs> but uh, I I made this take coming into the game, and a lot of people have said, oh, Ohio State hasn't really played anyone, and now the storyline has changed to Ohio State hasn't really played anyone, 
And when they did in their one game that they did, it was a fairly embarrassing showing. I think that could still help Ohio State. I'm going to I'm going to take the Ohio State side on this one uh, in terms of, of the podcast. I think there's great potential in the fact that Ohio State hasn't really uh, played anyone because we still know that they have quality players. We know that they have an excellent coach. Georgia has all of those things as well. But I think it, I don't really think Georgia's a, a look ahead and sleep on someone's team, especially when that opponent is Ohio State. But I would not count Ohio State out of this one whatsoever. I'm I'm very happy with again, like you mentioned, our, our partners at DraftKings where they open that line at, at six and a half. I think that's pretty realistic. I don't think that people that think Georgia might run away with this one, they very well could. All all the pieces are there. But if if I'm looking at a game, no disrespect to TCU, but if I'm looking at at these two games and you said one of these is going to be an upset, I would maybe put my money on Ohio State upsetting. Uh, Georgia in this one, which would just be absolutely hilarious to get Ohio State, Michigan again in the national championship. I would refuse to watch. I would be disgusted by it, but <laughs> I, I would not sleep on Ohio State uh, just outright in this one because they are they're still a, a good, good team, even though they've they've stumbled. I mean, we see it with TCU coming into this playoff is just because you stumbled once does not mean uh, that you are down for the count. We saw it all through uh, championship week as well to my detriment when it comes to the weekend spread but uh, teams that lost in the regular season against against people that they were matched up against uh, again did exceedingly well in spite of what Blake will tell you or in spite of what Blake told you on on the last podcast about how people don't beat teams that they lost against every team that <laughs> I can't K-State beat the team that they lost against uh, Tulane <laughs> beat the team they lost against Fresno beat the team they lost against uh, I think I'm actually missing one more in there, but, um, but yeah, it's just, I think there's great upset potential in here. Do not count the Buckeyes out just yet. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. I, I think this is a great matchup of kind of opposing styles. Um, you know, Georgia is pretty tough, pretty gritty, obviously very, very solid at Ohio state is flash. And my thing is, what, what got Ohio State beat the last time we saw them was because they weren't tough enough. They got punched in the mouth by Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, and they were not able to respond. They were mentally soft. Their offense just didn't do enough, and that was the game. Now they're facing basically uh, a, a, a overly better version of that Michigan team that ate their lunch at the horseshoe. How are they going to respond? How are they going? To, how is Ryan Day going to handle it? How are you going to deal with? that Michigan game, but turned up cranked up to 11. And I'm really, really excited to see how they handle that. Um, Cause I think they can bounce back. I think they have the talent to bounce back, but it's a big, big show me what you've got. Ryan moment for Ryan day. Ty, I saw you raise your hand. I, what do you want? I had a, I had a point that I forgot to mention uh, that is, cause I know you're about to pass it to Jamison and Blake. Um, Blake, in case you're sleeping on it, there is ESPN SEC, Georgia getting a game in Atlanta uh, talking point here. So don't, yes. don't forget that as they've tried to ob- obfuscate and, and hide that, but uh, Georgia getting basically a home game uh, in Atlanta. That's, that's why I don't really like the peach bowl very much. It's the one, it's the one bowl game that like you put it smack dad, basically the biggest city in the sec. It makes it easy for any sec team to get to. I like the fact that like Rose bowl, we haven't seen many good PAC 12 teams happen. Florida, Miami, 
Miami's not good. Phoenix, we know how the Arizona teams are. I kind of like having them a little bit more spread out uh, than the Peach Bowl. And especially, I just, I don't know. It's just like, we've seen Georgia play, is this second time or third time this year in Atlanta? This, like, is a, this, this will be the third time. They, they third, opened the this third time. Because like, yeah, they opened up against Oregon, SEC Championship, and now in the Peach Bowl. So I'm just kind of tired of it. Like I know the brand new Atlanta stadium, really nice, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just tired of Atlanta being kind of like a college football destination. Just not the best of the bowls by far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for me, the thing that's annoying about it is the cotton bowl, which should be the big 12s bowl is so close to Alabama that Alabama just gets it every time they pick it over the orange bowl every single time. So teams like OU or whoever never make it because Alabama keeps nipping them. Yep, like, in it also, like, I know Nick Saban has alluded to this in the past. They love, like, I guess how boring DFW is compared to Miami. Like, it's easy <laughs> to keep your players. Like, you're not going to go wild in Arlington. You're not going to, like, you're not going to go goof off. Like, it's really easy to keep everybody in line. And so that's why when you see the Cotton Bowl is ever introduced, most teams are picking the Cotton Bowl. Make just because Arlington is. a crazier city. That's what we need to do, Blake. We need yeah, to make Arlington like, crazy. Yeah. Make that's Arlington what, crazy. <laughs> well, hold on. Are you, are you trying to tell me the people aren't distracted by the allures of Six Flags over Texas? That was a really good point. Hurricane yeah, Harbor. Te Texas. Te Hurricane Harbor in January in, in Dallas. <laughs> Texas oh. live with their cover charges. What the heck is They're this? They're charging live now? Oh, my God. Yesterday, um, they were charging 20 bucks per head. After oh, the game, too. Oh, After the game. Oh. I, under I understand if you wanted to go there and actually watch the game, like, why you'd want to cover charge. But after the game, when people just, like, kind of want to, like, drink, wait for Uber prices to go down, like, they were still charging that much. And I'm like, well, like, my Uber's coming, so I'm not going to pay that much. But no, screw you, Texas racket. Live. It's a racket. So, <laughs> I got to say, I got to say, Blake, uh, what are your thoughts on the Ohio State-Georgia game? Like, in terms of this matchup, I know we've kind of round-robined and took a little bit to get you there, but what do you think? Yeah, I honestly really love this matchup. Like, I think it it a sour taste in my mouth that Ohio State's in the playoff, but at least I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. I think Georgia has very, very few flaws. Uh, if you look at just the raw numbers themselves, they put up great offensive stats, great defensive stats every game. And, like, really, the only, like, the only thing you can knock them on is some close games versus some eh teams. But that's the thing. is like their defense is so overpowering that even in bad efforts, they can keep themselves in games. Like, that is fantastic. And if you look at Ohio State, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but kind of like Texas on steroids. It's like, if they put this game together, they can win this. They can easily win this. And I kind of agree with Ty, even though I'm a big diehard TCU fan, like if you're going to think of one upset, I kind of see Ohio State just because the obvious talent is there. My thing is that I'm worried is Ryan Day's coaching. I felt like when they were going up against Michigan, whenever they got down, they abandoned the run super quick and were just putting everything on C.J. Stroud to try to get him out of it. And although they have elite receivers and elite throwing, you have to be a little bit more balanced. Like, you can't go all one-dimensional when you're down and try to fight back in games. Like, that's how you get quick three and outs and give the ball back to the other team. You need to grind out possessions. You need to learn how to be a little bit more multi-dimensional and 
just defensive wise be a little bit more physical but i think this is going to be a great game like i think espn and the college football playoff got their wish in this that you're gonna get a two really entertaining games and kind of like for the first time in a while like i don't think usually you're scared about the one four blowout i'm not worried about that this time i think we have two really good solid matchups and i can honestly see ohio state upsetting georgia i think georgia's rightfully a touchdown favorite basically but I think that's going to be a close game. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's good. I think it's going to be the best, like a really, really good game. But, you know, I, I feel like sometimes in the college football playoff, we've been like, oh, this is going to be a great playoff game. And then it turns out to be a dud. I think this is a coin flip on dud versus good game. Um, but, you know, look, I, Ohio State has the talent to do it. The Buckeyes are just, just flush with talent across the board on offense. They're not an underdog. Um, they're not, they don't play the role of underdog often. So I think they have a chance to do it, but Ryan day and the Buckeyes have to figure it out or else um, it's history is going to repeat itself and they're going to, they're going to get beat pretty bad here. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've kind of covered both of these uh, games pretty good. We did our reaction a little bit earlier and we'll make sure to just tweet out just Blake reacting a little later so we can kind of put that together. But um, it's bowl season guys. And with bowl season, that comes, that comes, it's time for bowl mania. It's time for our, uh, our, our annual um, weekend spread bowl challenge, which is it's going down tonight. And not only that, but it's going to be a, a, a pretty nice pot this year. We're giving out a hundred dollars to the winner, 25 or 35 for second and 15 to third. And you're going to be going up against us for. So come on, come on, come and beat us. If you've been listening to us all year long and be it's like, completely we can, free we can, too. It's completely free. It's we're giving away free money. So come in, try to try to take us out. We'll give out details in a bit, but the best way to figure that out, hit that subscribe button and we'll let, we'll give out more details on the um, OU bowl first reactions pod going live tonight. Um, because you know, y'all might be new here. We have a lot of people listening live on YouTube, but uh, this is normally an Oklahoma football podcast, uh, and we'll do a little bit of college football on the side here with the weekend spread with our pal Boaten Blake, TCU fan. So it's a little bit different uh, today, but we uh, certainly appreciated all of y'all listening in, and you know, would love to see y'all out there in the bowl mania. I, I think it's going to be pretty spicy, guys. What do you What do you guys think? It's going to be fun, but subscribe if you like free money. Yeah, it's to I, let me pitch it. A, let me pitch it a different way. Let me pitch it a, a cynical way. If you know college football, it like Jameson said, it's probably free money. You could probably beat us. Our winner this year, Jameson, is I believe under five hundred all time in his picking. No, I lost this year. He's exactly over now. He's over now. I'm exactly. Oh, you're right at five hundred. Yeah. So you're probably sixteen games above. Yeah, so our winner this year, Jameson, 500 all-time. I went 500 this year. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Uh, Boat and Blake takes it way too seriously and constantly messes up. And then Bobby, you just never know. He had a Heisman-level performance this past week, uh, but he's been down bad some other weeks. So it is certainly, a, if you like college football and follow it, uh, definitely we encourage you guys to join. Uh, and, and this is all made possible by, again, our wonderful sponsors, at, at DraftKings, if you're somewhere where you can use them, or even if you can't use them there, I, I use their app to to go check lines on things. Uh, it's very, very simple uh, on your phone, even though I can't use it fully where I live. But if, if you go and create an account, please use our promo code T 
TPPN because that is what directly supports us and and hopefully you guys if you're going to win some money from us, which which we hope so. Yeah, right. it's 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 going to be it's going to be fun. Bobby said that it's going to be there's an option on ESPN for we can pick against the spread this year in terms of bowls, which we don't get any sickos committee where it's just going to be picking like who we think is going to win on a 15 and a half point spread. So that is totally up our alley. I'm so excited for that. We'll be reacting to a couple of the bowls, but mainly the Oklahoma one tonight. I, I'm really yes. excited. Yes, and we'll be giving our uh, full bowl picks. Our bowl pick pod is always fun. So we'll we'll be re- like just ripping through those in the coming weeks um, as we get our schedule sorted out. And then, of course, previewing Oklahoma's bowl uh, against whoever that may be. But um, that's all we have for today th- or for this episode. We'll be back tonight and back later this week, of course, as Ty is indicating for Army Navy to preview that that matchup. Uh, college football. You know the main part is over, but there's still a lot more to it. And we're 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 running through the tape here, folks. So I'm, I'm I know I'm pumped. But Blake, this is your day. This is your moment for the frogs. You, you close us out. Your final statement on what has been a great season for TCU, a great run to the Big Twelve Championship game, and now college football playoff participants. Take it away. Yep. It, this is honestly, it really is a dream come true. I was there in 2014 in the dining hall whenever I got my heart ripped out uh, on national television, what it felt like whenever I saw TCU fall to six after being number three. But even though I'm still a little bit down about the result tomorrow, this is honestly like, I'm like honestly about to tear up because I cannot believe that I get to see my Horn Frogs in the college football playoff. Like this is the most insane moment of being a TCU fan just not we our fan base is not big but we are vocal we love our team so much and it's just so great to see the horn frogs like finally do this like i get to go to a college football playoff game in arizona like that is awesome like that is an awesome thing that uh i get to say and so yesterday sucks but we have a chance to redeem ourselves and maybe go make a national title like that's wild we could maybe be in a national title game which is just something i would never think of this team Props to Sonny Dykes. Props to Max Duggan. Maybe Heisman winner. Who knows? Probably not. But uh, I, I would. Lo- I would love it. It would. He embodies everything that is good about college football and why we love this sport. So I would love to see it. But go Frogs, baby. Go Frogs, indeed. We're all behind TCU on this run. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So give them hell, TCU. Good is luck it, is, out there, is college it, football playoff. Is that it's, it? It's. It's like. Okay. It's this, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like that. Okay, like, but it's just yeah. your two yeah, yeah. fingers. Like it, these other fingers don't. It's just, yeah. Can be, yeah. yeah, it's two fingers. Make it this is like kind this. of a fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We're, we're giving you. We're, yeah, you we're gotta giving make everybody sure the gang flex right. at your pip. Well, no, if it's too, joint, if it's too high up, then it's if that needs any clarification. Yeah, flex at your we, pip joints. We we honestly need to do a video on how to don't, properly. Don't make this. Oh, <laughs> Let's get God, a Jameson medical metal. analysis as to why Caleb Williams <laughs> was limping with a hand injury. <laughs> oh jeez, it's called factitious <laughs> disorder. Oh my God, we need to do it. Thousands is the term. Oh jeez, oh jeez. Right, okay, we need off. to do it. We need off. to do. We do need to do a video on like how to bandwagon TCU properly. You know, so that I think let's that do be it. Funny, like frog school, but. Anyways. A nice little, right, a nice little short frogs 101. 
Man Milfs 101, Man I Love I, Frogs. I was actually thinking, yeah, that'll be the That'd title. Be that'll be the clickbait title. I was actually thinking about an off-season pod where I it's just me and Blake, and we have a full hour chalked off for me to just dump all my conspiracy theories about why TCU oh, no. is the best position team in college football, and Blake to just go, yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But um, look, that's all we have for the weekend spread. But make sure if you're watching live and care about OU football, tune in later as we break down the OU ball game, whatever that may be. Uh, and keep it with us as we continue to follow bowl season in college football. Um, we really appreciate it. And we appreciate all of y'all watching along. Uh, really good uh, crowd today. So um, much appreciated, of course. So. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now and end the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our partners, DraftKings. And guys, thanks for being with us all season long. For me, Jameson, Ty, and the captain, Boaten Blake, this has been the weekend spread. Have a good luck. Er, have a good week out there. Good luck out there. Oh,